I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show needs your support, and it's not going to cost you a dime. If you're getting ready to shop on Amazon, start at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Click through the Amazon Gold Box on our homepage. And a percentage of those purchases will help support the show at no extra cost to you. The same goes for all the buy links on our site, including our guest products and all the items featured in Christopher and Eric's favorites. Thank you for listening. And thank you for your support. And now it's time for another episode episode of The Dinner Party Show. Brought to you by you. Hi, I'm Patricia Cornwell, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with the wonderful Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I went to a marvelous party. Don't even know the facts. The they go with their ideas. gut. Don't and have the only thing their gut cares about is season. money. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. Live. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, we're going no, no. to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. T-Snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Listening to the Dinner Party Show's live cast for October 25th, 2015. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I will not be running for president. And I'm Christopher Rice, and I'm not running for president either. Everything else is still on the table on tonight's live cast of the Dinner Party Show. I'm glad we got that cleared up. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you can still send money to my pack if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to have a super pack. That sounds really hot. I'd be fine with a regular pack. Right? I would mooch off your super pack. A variety pack. Eric, the studio. $10 million and sugar pops. Low on tea. I got to dip into your super pack again. Yeah, no, I hope we never have to spend that much time on somebody who doesn't 
run for president again. Nothing against Joe Biden. Seems although like I a very nice man. But had, like, I had, oh my God. no plans to vote for him, however. Yes. Was, yeah, no, anyway, we don't, we don't want to get into all that politics stuff. We have too much to talk about tonight. I, and, and the election is still more than a year away, so <laughs> maybe we can hold off until like next October. If you're new to the Dinner Party Show. If only everyone else would. If you're new to the Dinner Party Show, we always start with something called the Not Report, where we talk about stories that we really shouldn't be talking about or we don't want to talk about, but we're going to say a little shitty thing about anyway at the beginning of the show. And that was our version for tonight. Usually it's much longer than that. But I think eventually the election will be in the Not Report. We'll just put the whole election. Well, we've put the election in the Not Report before because we really don't think people should be talking about it as much as they are this soon. Canada just elected a new prime minister, and they were lamenting the the protracted election process they'd been through Mm. for 78 days. Doesn't that sound like a dream? I wept. 78 days. Oh, if only they would shut up and only talk for 78 days. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay, well, we have a lot of business to attend to. On tonight on the Dinner Party Show, not the least of which is that Patricia Cornwell is back. Oh my God, she's so amazing! For her second all-new interview with the Dinner Party Show. Now, we are going to tell you, as you know, if you follow us on Facebook, this interview was pre-recorded several weeks ago because we had to work with her very busy schedule when she was here in Los Angeles. Because she is, after all, Patricia Cornwell. Absolutely, but we do want to tell you that she doesn't mention this in her interview, but this is something that's now available on our website, thedinnerpartyshow.com. She recommended three of her favorite mystery novels of all time. Right. As part of Right Murder Madness, all month our guests have been um, refer- have been telling us what their favorite mysteries were. And exactly. Patricia's are, I think, on the site now. They are on the site now, They or they should be going up any minute. If you're subscribed to our newsletter, you probably just got a newsletter in your inbox containing these three recommendations. The first is A Study in Scarlet by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You which were just reading up I on was that. really surprised. I was reading the plot, and I don't remember that one, which for me is kind of amazing. It was It had elements to it that didn't sound familiar to me. It's sort of the first, apparently, of the Sherlock Holmes stories. It's how Watson and Holmes got together and then their first case together. And right. It, it seemed like an interesting and fun story, and given my... Affinity for I'm Sherlock very Holmes. shocked. I, yeah. I was really surprised. I'm probably just old and senile and forgot, but it didn't sound familiar to me. So I, it's like a new Sherlock Holmes story. In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. That one I'm aware That's of. That's a classic. Yes, a classic work of classic. nonfiction. And it's nonfiction, but still very much about, very much a story of murder. Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris, which we, brings us back oh to God. Hannibalism once right. again here at the Dinner Party I Show. I read that book in one sitting. I could yeah. not go to sleep until I knew that that was that those people were arrested. Absolutely, I was so terrified. I love that you talked about the serial killer in that book like he's some kids playing on the lawn. I couldn't go to sleep until those kids were arrested. That's right. I had to. <laughs> they were keeping me up. Absolutely. So those are available on our site. Patricia will be talking about much more later on in the show. But those are her favorites, and there's plenty of others. Liana Hart's favorites are Yes. Uh, uh, John Wilder. John Wilder's Jan favorites. Jan Burke, famed prosecutor Marsha Clark, Clark, now yeah. a mystery novelist as well. They're, all of their favorites are up there, and we remind people we that- We post ours. We do. We post a lot, but this month we've we got so many people yeah. in. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we want to remind people Just that if you purchase that. through- the favorite section, every a portion of your sale, it doesn't cost you anything more than it normally would, but a portion of your sale will go to benefit the operation of the show. In fact, if you log into Amazon through the favorites page and yes. then do a bunch of other shopping while you're there, 
we'll get a portion of that sale too, which helps support the show and helps us continue to bring it to you for free. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Otherwise, we're going to start charging 25 cents a minute like one of those phone sex lines because we know y'all are getting turned on by Eric Shaw Quinn's sultry, sultry voice. that's it. That's why everybody's Speaking of Eric Shaw Quinn, Right Murder has now been out for a month. We want to encourage anyone who has read it to leave an honest review on Amazon. It's the best thing you can do to support a book that you want people to talk about is to go and leave a review on Amazon. And as we always say, our standard disclaimer here at the Dinner Party Show, Eric does not read his Amazon reviews. Or any other reviews. So you can not about reviews. You can say whatever you want without fear that he's going to say shit about you on the dinner party show. <laughs> I might still, but it won't be because of that. Absolutely. Okay, so a very special and announcement. And if you haven't read the book, you Go know, read the book. Get your copy at the dinner party show. Yes. Also, a share of that goes to the dinner party show, and the lion's share goes to me because it's my book. Eric Shockwin. So I really appreciate your support there, too. But uh, yeah, Right Murder is available through... We made it available everywhere. Kobo and iBooks. Kobo, iBooks, Amazon. I can't think. You can buy it. You can't fucking get away from it. You can. It's everywhere you go. Pretty soon it'll be at Rite Aid and CVS. Right, and by the checkout at the grocery store, that's right. what I would, I would be so happy. I would feel like such a success if, if you my were, paperbacks were by the by the grocery store. Okay, so we have a lot to talk about tonight on the show, but we also have a very special announcement which what? we have teased. Oh. As many people will know, the gathering annual gathering of the Anne Rice Vampire Lestat Fan Club is this Friday in New Orleans, Louisiana. That is the we Friday. We will both be there before Halloween. We Can't will both wait. be there. So excited! My mother, that Anne lady, will be there. And the announcement, this is most likely the last time she will be there. This is most likely the last gathering of the coven that will be attended by Anne Rice. And just to let everybody know, her health is fine. This is not the result of any serious health issues or problems that we're keeping secret. But she says as she gets up there in years, as you politely put it, um, <laughs> we she, all get up she needs to devote more time to her writing and less time to travel. And I will say, subsidiary to that announcement, there are a lot of top secret projects floating around out there that she is committed to. Right, so she's got plenty of work on her plate. It's not like she's slowing down. And she's we just, will, yeah. She's just making this maybe her swan song visit. I'm So if you're wanting to um, spend the Lestat ball with yeah. that Anne Rice lady, this is the one. This could be your last chance. And their uh, tickets are still available. We will have Shea Butters post the link at the Facebook uh, Dinner Party Show page. The, the web address is not coming to me immediately, but I think we've posted it many times, and we'll post it again. So get your tickets. Maybe make your last-minute plans. Get on down to New Orleans because this might be it. For an annual pilgrimage from the queen, as they call her. It makes me right? feel a little weird to call her that because she's, you know, just my you're mom. the queen. Yeah, no, because you're the queen, bitch. <laughs> the queen, bitch, is sitting right next to me at the dinner party I'm show. Still a princess. <laughs> Where's that cat? John Matson really says princess, he'd prefer a six a pack to a super pack. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if at this point in my life I'm going to be able to get a six pack. I would rather not have to work to maintain that. <laughs> well, if you had a super pack, you could just buy a six pack. Or I could hire somebody to do the work for me. Yeah. Uh, Kenna Nauenberg says she would vote for us for president. So maybe we should reconsider our decision. A serious mistake. (laughs) We would be terrible. I would be a terrible president. There would be smoking craters all over the planet. Have you heard me? I get so carried away about stuff. Ba boom! I'm sick of hearing from you. Ba boom! Yeah, no, I'm the wrong guy for that job. I do not have the patience to be. I look at the stuff they put up with. Sitting through that hearing last week. Oh, the Benghazi hearing. There would be. Senators all over the wall. Yeah. 
<laughs> or congressman, I guess. Well, you're, you're gonna, that was you're a gonna, House committee. You're going to be so. president. You're not going to have superpowers. You're not becoming one of the Avengers. You're going to still have to, you'd have to like. I'd have like the Rangers working for me and the SEALs. <laughs> Who are the Rangers again? It's the Army Rangers. Oh, you, we have to bone Special up on ops. some stuff. Special before. ops people would be working for <laughs> you, me. I would be the commander in chief. You would send them into the middle of the Benghazi hearings to just start taking Absolutely. out Absolutely. Like, really, you don't want me to be involved in this. I'm really not the guy to be president. I would not have the patience no. for those lying, manipulative assholes. I no. just, I couldn't, I can, I can be that patient about I, it. I couldn't do it either. I couldn't. There's not enough time to just sit and read. Uh, books. My favorite is, you know, who else says this is Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. She I says absolutely. She says, I'm not running for office. I don't have the patience for this. <laughs> All right, we're going to be back here on the dinner party show with just a bit in, in just a bit with, with some more bitness bit. with little bits and bits and bits. But first, it's time for a word from one of our in-house sponsors. <laughs> I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to The Dinner Party Show. Well, Eric, you finally did it. What? Finished your first mystery novel, right, Murder? You sound a little dubious. No, it's like Jonelle says, it's all the waiting that makes it Christmas. So, what do you think? It was worth the wait. Thank you. I especially love the part where they break into that uh, mansion. Uh, no spoilers. It's the not knowing that makes it a mystery. Uh, fair enough. All right. Well, what I can tell you about Right Murder is that it's about has-been mega-celebrity Angela Panderson and Paige Blanche, the ghostwriter she unceremoniously fired. High-profile Hollywood murder means the two frenemies have to set aside their feud to clear their names and get their careers back on track. It's a Hollywood romp, as only Eric could tell it, with plenty of behind-the-scenes gossip and a mystery that kept me guessing till the end. Right murder. It's a cross between The Devil Wears Prada and Jackie Collins. Get your copy of Right Murder, now available for purchase in your favorite formats through thedinnerpartyshow.com and at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, and iBooks. So, Eric, one question. Yes, Christopher? When are you going to be done with the next one? You know, Christopher, it's like I always say, fuck you. Right murder. Fame is murder. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the dinnerpartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too. You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site. And remember, if you use any of the buy links on thedinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation of the show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Okay, so today is officially the last day of right murder madness, <sighs> although it will continue in our psychosis forever. <laughs> I'll still be right murder mad. So we had a bunch of authors on this month. Some of them were indie pubbed authors or authors who started in indie publishing, and we asked them all the same question. Or I'm gonna, let me put this this way. I asked them all the same question, and now I'm going to ask the same question of you. If somebody is out there and they're considering publishing independently, which means on their own, right? what is the one piece of advice you wish you had had before you started the process? I know you got a lot of advice along the way. And but We mean starting the process at 
the actual publication process, yes, not the, the process actual. of writing the the book. No, the, the actual publication process. Yeah. the business side of this. Yeah, I I guess like you can't start soon enough. Like that's the sort of like I wish that I had been that I had been aware of the the lead times on everything. Mm-hmm. That I had had things finished sooner it worked out great but if i had had all of the drafts of the book and all of the different versions and formatting of the book done a month earlier or and ooh, and you mean so that i could focus on the reason i say that is because the actual publication process is a lot more involved than i realized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you mean that means dealing with the various platforms and there are many platforms right. there are at least for like four or five i right. can think of offhand um, most of those have different file formats that your book needs to be in. Right. And I think there's a real backlash happening now against shitty ebook file formatting. Like in the beginning, it was sort of passable, maybe acceptable to format it like one would format a blog where there's yeah, no Yeah, you're not just uploading a Word like, document. That's not like there's what you're a, doing. You have to get everything put into shape and then put into all of these different formats. And it's not terrible, but it is a process. And right. If you have that already done and the cover already done and the you know, those kinds of things worked out, then you can focus on the Byzantine little elements that are still out there for, like, picking price points and getting things format, getting things laid out and getting things submitted and Mm -hmm. getting advanced sales set up. If you uh, publish, for publishing with iBooks, you can't publish your iBook from a non-Apple computer. Mm. Like, I, all of my files are on my PC at home, and I needed to go to my Apple laptop. I had to download them off and take them to my uh, laptop so that I could put that together. It wasn't the end of the world, but it was another step mm-hmm. because you have to download a particular piece of software to be able to do it. And all of those things are complicated enough. And I was very lucky to – people in indie publishing are very yeah. generous about sharing that information with each other. Next week we'll have a lot of that information because we've got an interview with the Lexi woman, Blake. The people who saved my bacon. Yeah, on, absolutely. On Lexi Blake and a surprise guest, one of her in-house experts on self-publishing, on indie publishing. Who walked me through all of these elements. So I think there's that, you know, reach out to the community. But, yeah, it's the getting the actual book part, mm-hmm. the laying out and formatting and design parts accomplished so that you can just focus on the process. That would be my advice. It wasn't terrible, but it was. It would have been nice to have been able to focus on the one thing I was doing both at the same time, and it made me feel a little more overwhelmed than was really necessary. So we already said that uh, you will not read your reviews of Right Murder, pe- the reviews that people leave for you on Amazon, Goodreads, and the like, but Sharon Haas would like to know if you will read a review someone leaves on your Facebook well, if page. somebody r- writes to me and says, I w- you know, what do you think of my review? I suppose maybe then... I would read it, but um, no. why would why would you do that? I, I don't know. I, I feel like reviews need to be a conversation between I really, readers. honestly, it's like between you and other people. It's like your experience. I think that the work of art happens between the viewer and the actual work itself, not the artist. Like, I'm not really involved in that part of the process. Everybody's experience of my book will be their own, and they're welcome to it. And it may be a positive one, and it may not be. But that has nothing to do with me. That's why I'm I'm kind of detached from the review process because I'm not sure if I'd have written a different book. But other readers may be interested mm-hmm. um, in knowing what your experience with the artwork 
actually was. Yeah, whatever absolutely. It is. Michael Martinez, going back to the topic of you and I not running for president, Michael Martinez says, your, your lack of patience, Eric Shaw Quinn, makes him want to vote for you even more. <laughs> and this is a quote now. Also, your desire to kill horrible assholes in Congress makes you seem hot and kind of toppish. Okay. That's one reason to vote for president. Well, that's, yeah, it's certainly a reason, but it's not going to be enough to convince me that no. I should do it because I kind of think that it would go badly for me in the long run. You know, I think of what happens to the Bond villains at the end of the, by the end of the film. I think it would be sort of that kind of presidency. I, I don't really want to be blown up in a helicopter or something no. like that or fall 10,000 feet into a, a valley filled with broken glass and knives or whatever. Like, yeah. it's always some horrible fate. It's hideous. Yeah, I'd just as soon skip that. Yes, And absolutely. I kind of think I would be richly qualified for it if I had spent right? any time with unlimited power. Absolutely. So as we announced earlier in the show, we told everyone we had a big announcement about the Anne Rice Vampire Lestat fan club ball. The announcement is that this is most likely the last year that Anne Rice, my mother, will be attending. That so is get this your Friday. Now. We have the web link for you. It's A R V L F C dot com. Anne Rice Vampire Lestat fan club, but just the first letters of every word. Arvlack. Arvlack. <laughs> Not to be confused with Aflac. Arvlack. Those Aflac people are like, God, we got Anne Rice fans logging on to our site again by mistake. God damn it. So this Friday, it is the Friday before Halloween in New Orleans at Generations Hall. Tickets are still available. And if you want to attend the ball with the Queen herself, this is probably the last year to do it. In and fact, we'll certainly really, be there we'll as be there. well. And we're celebrating the Wright Duchesses as well. The Duchesses will be there. Yeah, we're having a little event for Wright Murder, which I believe we're at capacity. A lot of you RSVP'd, and I think Looking we are topped to out. You. So we look forward to seeing you. And uh, we there's look a forward... waiting list that people can sign up for. And, yeah, absolutely. And this is you know, and then you <laughs> they don't start picking each other. Off. <laughs> we don't... I don't think it's that hotly contested. This is the book that people killed each other to get into the launch party. Yeah, it's it is not, Halloween. It'll be in a New nice Orleans. party, but uh, I don't think it's worth all that. Yeah. So uh, and we'll still be there. So yeah, if you didn't get into the party, come bring your book to the Lestat Ball. Anne might not mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she'll take you out. She'll have a whip and she'll. Right? We need a whip sound effect. I did pretty good. Yeah, coming up. That actually was really good. So coming up, Patricia Cornwell is back with an all-new interview, and she answered some of your questions by phone. But first, Eric put together a little something. I don't know. It's like a murder mystery sort of brainstorm session. Well, it was just a part of the whole right murder madness. I just thought it would be, yeah. All right. Well, let's see what it is. All right, then. On a windswept island off the coast of England... Scratch that. Uh, let's make it a ski chalet in the Swiss Alps. Oh, that sucks too. Uh, sprawling plantation on a Caribbean island. Oh my God, make up your mind already. It's not that good a sketch. Find some queen's tired old mansion in South Palm Springs. Uh, some queen's tired old mansion in South Palm Springs. Shut up, Jordan. Where else do you actually get invited? The men's room at Target? Rude. It's a bold new update of the Agatha Christie classic, Ten Little... Wait, what was the original one called again? <laughs> we'll get to that later. First, the plot. A collection of strangers have been invited to an isolated property by an unknown host. And this time, the strangers are all from West Hollywood. 
I'm Jordan Ampersand, and you've probably heard of me because I'm amazing and fierce, and together that makes me fear amazing. I'm Fitzpatrick, and my turtle handbag sings the song of Matt Everest. I'm Natasha, celebrity stylist to people who were on reality shows four years ago. I'm an underwear model. I'm another underwear model. I'm another underwear model. I take pictures of underwear models. Drop your pants, kid. Let's make you a star. I made a short film. Wanna see it? I'm some black woman they grabbed at the last minute when they realized everyone on the guest list was white. I'm Latina, but this is Hollywood, so I'll be playing the part of the Indian, the Moroccan, and the Israeli. Technically, that's more than ten, but like I said, you know, West Hollywood. Girl! Anyway, brace yourself as one by one, the unseen killer offs these characters in ways you might describe as poetic. What's up with that jacuzzi? It doesn't look right. Let's jump in and find out! I'm not sure that's a good idea. And I don't get ideas. Silly Jordan, leave the jacuzzis to the underwear models. Come on, boys, it's time to go hot tubbing. Don't forget about me and my camera. Shut up, Jordan. Oh, I know what it was originally called. Please be quiet. Token black character. Uh, If you could just uh, wait until the end, at least, and and then we would all be happy to listen to you so you could have your say, so so that you can be heard. Fine. Oh, right. Like, I'm going to make it to the end. Fellow guests who aren't really cool enough to be here with me, We must put our heads together and figure out why we've been invited to this super tacky house in Palm Springs, even though most of us are way too young to even be in Palm Springs. Wait, why do people put their heads together when they're trying to figure out who's killing them? Shouldn't they be looking behind them? I don't get it, anyway. What up, Fitzpatrick? Stay away from that line of bright blue powder on the dining table. You don't know what that... Uh, uh, Hey, that's pretty good shit. Barely likable people being offed one by one in manners befitting their weaknesses of character. When Agatha Christie first did it, it was fresh and original. But when every horror movie director since brought it down to its most shallow and sadistic level, sort of like we're doing now, it was just disgusting. We're not sure what this version is, but we know what we're calling it. Are we calling it what it was originally? We're calling it Ten Little Idiots. Um... That is so offensive. Not as offensive as what they used to call it. Hey, I made it to the end. (laughs) Of the trailer. God damn it. We need more than one Shonda Rhimes. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. 
And now, it's time for The Dish. We hope you kept your silverware. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our most favorite guest, oh okay, our, our second most favorite guest to my mother. I can't short shift my own mother, but our <laughs> most <laughs> favorite guest. Because she listens to the show. <laughs> exactly. Number one best-selling author, Patricia Cornwell, arguably one of the most influential mystery authors in the world. I'm going to say it, even if you're too humble to say it. Absolutely. Um, the inventor of a genre, which we're calling forensic science mystery, but which is called a lot of different things. Made the whole thing up. It was all her idea the 23rd k scarpetta novel is on the way it's called depraved heart right 23 i know that poor lady she's been working hard there's a lot of death and and you know interestingly but when you mentioned the the genre that the scarpetta novels inadvertently created because they did that what they what they call them in the uk when i like it they call them forensic thrillers right and i think that's a great way to put it because that's really what they yeah that's a good description but they're also more technical thrillers because not everything in them is all about forensics it's also it's really truly about how things work Mm -hmm. and if you think about it forensic pathology forensic medicine it's all figuring out how the human body works and why it doesn't work in certain situations so you can try to figure out what happened to somebody and, so, and also the events that Scarpetta has been through in the course of the series, mystery kind of doesn't really capture the emotional intensity of most of them. They're really more thrillers. You want to have totally. an air of mystery in the books, but they're not sure. mysteries because, unfortunately, that term pretty much has come to connote sort of conventions of a genre. It's more like a puzzle, whereas I'm trying to reflect the really bad stuff that really happens out there and how the the first you know responders like a Scarpetta would deal with it. Right. Um well, it's like a modern-day Sherlock Holmes. It's looking at the scientific evidence and coming to the conclusion that it guides you to, rather than just simply, hmm, she's not telling the truth about the fact that that's really her mother and that's right. really her brother that she's living with and pretending it's her fiancé and, you know, this sort of Agatha Christie way of but it's, gossiping it's, their way to the solution. I think the Sherlock comparison is interesting because really, again, everything with that is about figuring something out. Right. Even if it's not scientific, it's it's like when... Somebody says, well, yeah, I didn't think so either when I saw it. Then you go, but I didn't think they saw it. Why did they just say that? And your mind starts going. I mean, that's deduction. Right. And that's being observant. And that's really what human nature is all about is that we get curious about certain things. And if you can figure out what that is, you can tell a good story and make people read it. Yeah. Speaking well, of telling a good story, the last time you were here, my best friend, Eric Shaw Quinn, was working on his first murder mystery. That's and he right. Was and stuck. I was so lucky because I actually got to ask. And you said something that un stuck him. I'm telling you. Like, there were parts, there were whole parts of this book that are based on that conversation. You were waiting for your ride. We were sitting in the, um, in the green room. You mean room when I flew the helicopter ride. from yeah. Boston yes, last exactly. time and landed in your parking you lot? Your because that's how I get here. When I'm going to be on your show, I fly the helicopter from Her Boston. helicopter was late, so she hung yeah. out in our green room. Right, and she, we were waiting for the, the helicopter to get refueled, and you said... I was talking about writing the the process of writing, and you said you should write about the things that scare you, the things that frighten you, and it just like my I saw that there was a lot of it already in there that I'd already just instinctively put in the book, but it suggested a whole direction with the book, and 
I got it finished up. And I think the story that you told was that you were, you were working on postmortem and there were, you were driving home at night and the shadows of the power yes. lines were falling across your windshield. And that image went into the book. And with you, it was that the, one of your biggest fears is somebody's in your house. Yeah, and I had you a stalker That's in a the reason. house That's with a, a gun. That's a good thing to be afraid of. And yeah, right. <laughs> tell, I'm telling you, when somebody, a stranger turns up in your bathroom with a gun and that has actually happened, oh. it really, it just, the possi- once the possibility has been suggested, you kind of can't unring the bell. It's like, yeah, I think I don't know that there's not somebody in the house because I didn't know there was somebody. That's the thing. Somebody's in the house and you don't know it. That's yeah. the thing that frightened me more than him coming in the bathroom with the gun. There's also the bad relationships where someone's in the house and you do know it and it's equally frightening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also covered that's in this book. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a different genre. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, it's all covered. Those are for more the horror romance. Yeah, right, right? exactly. Romantic but, suspense. But I'll tell you another little story that has to do with, with that writing process. But when – see, I wrote three novels before I wrote Postmortem, you know, three that were rejected. And – when I was trying to do postmortem, the very thing about it that would make it work was the very thing I was afraid of. Is I was, I was afraid to write about what I was, what I feared, uh, yeah. and what I feared was what I actually saw in the morgue, where you are minding your own business, like you were just talking about, and then you realize someone's in your house or someone's climbed through your window, right. and that was. But the only way I could tap into the power of my storytelling was to <clears throat> was to walk into that shadow. Yeah, to go where the yeah. fear is. Yeah. If you can't. Yeah. But you if do you feel vulnerable doing it, bringing up the, the, the one scene that I distinctly mm-hmm. wrote as a result of that conversation. Even when I'm reading back through editing it, it gives me the willies. There's yeah, somebody can... in the house and he's hidden himself in the closet and he, the person is trying to get in the closet. And it's it frightens me. Just It's not ultimately that terrifying a scene. But for me, it feels very uh, like vulnerable. To, well, but to if you can't it. do that, then your readers aren't going to feel it. It's right. the same thing with film or anything. If, you, if you're not feeling it, I'm not sure I'm going to. Yeah. So I think you do – you have to mine – the, all those catacombs and caves inside of yourself and pull out what scares the crap out of you yeah. because it's going to scare the crap out of somebody else or what makes somebody cry or makes somebody love or all those things. Catharsis, right? It's that great word, catharsis. It's Greek, I, and that's the end of what I know about the word <laughs> catharsis. But it is, it's it's a—it's not just getting it, it's get, about getting it out of you. It it's about ventilation. Exactly. You have the fear, and maybe in most instances you give it a happier ending than maybe it would have had in real life, and the audience has that experience of unloading that fear with you. And I think, yeah. But the other thing that you said about the the human nature being about coming figuring it out i think that's the other thing that these kinds of books offer people a solution like so much of life is unresolved in that's right. in this in 400 pages there will be a solution it well, may can, be horrific right but we can take the things we fear and we control them when we're the ones creating the story <clears throat> and that's whereas if this happens in real life it's a terrible thing right but for us it's fodder and we control it, and it, it ends the way we sort of want it to. Do you, you know? Do you think we, through writing this <clears throat> and through reading it, come to a more evolved understanding of evil? You know, I think we're all afraid of meeting that person in the night who has no conscience, who has no, who will just do anything, the, the Hannibal Lecters of the world, if you will. But do you think that we become a little bit better at protecting ourselves and recognizing people who might be off through the exploration of crime in this way, in a fictional way? I think that we certainly can. And I think the one thing that all people can do, whether you're writing about it or reading about it or anything, is trust your 
gut. Mm. Because that part of your brain that controls your gut where you get that weird feeling, it knows what it's doing. And it's seeing something you're not seeing. And it's like Gavin DeBecker wrote in his book, The Gift of Fear. It is a gift when you're afraid of something because it's telling you beware. Right. And if you think about it, it all goes back to the way we're, we're wired, going back to primitive times. I mean, there's a reason, for example, that death doesn't smell good. It's not supposed to, she mm-hmm. says as she reaches for a cookie. Um, <laughs> because why? If you're if you're going through the woods, looking the forest, looking for food, if you smell something bad like that, you yeah. better not go near it because whatever happened to them may happen to you, or there could be a go, disease. Yeah, or, or a predator. Scavengers there, or predators, or, predators or, whatever. or whatever. Right. Yeah. So a that lot is, of so we have re, we react to things for a reason because absolutely everything's about survival. We want to live, mm-hmm. and so we are afraid of things that might take away that privilege from us. Yeah. But with with the entertainment business, whether it's films, you know, movies, television, books. Even music, we get to do all sorts of things that we wouldn't do in real life. We get to. It's okay to scare somebody. It's okay to be scared because it's yeah. not real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the vicarious experience is yeah. certainly the preferable to actually. To preferable having, to actually go, 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 go with your gut. Go with your gut. I'm not kidding. You're going through a parking lot. You get a funny feeling. Go the other way. Yeah. I don't care. You know what my favorite trick is? So I don't look like I'm being an ogre to somebody who I don't want to be in the elevator with, I just, oh gosh, and I walk off like I've got something on my phone. But if I feel that, I avoid it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's your brain's picking up on something for a reason. Yeah, totally, absolutely. But in terms of your own research, would you say most of what you, you're not just sitting there researching horrible crimes, you're researching uh, criminal detection, forensic science breakthroughs, you have the institute that you And a lot of just technology, because for example, with with everything that goes on in computers or let's take drones for example or mm-hmm. all the different things that are being used in, by our military these sorts of things do creep into the public sector and you have to ask what could be weaponized what could somebody use to cause terrible havoc in society because that's going to be the sort of thing Scarpetta well, is going to have to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> yep. alright we've got another question from our party line Hi, I'm calling to ask a question uh, of Patricia Cornwell about her case, uh, Scarpato series uh, books. The characters that she has in her books, are they based on real-life people in her life? That's a great question. And actually, no, none of the characters are based on real people. I get asked that all the time, and people just assume I must know somebody like Scarpetta, and I wish I did, but I don't. But if I did, I'd want to sit next to her on a plane, and boy, would I pick her brain for a while. Right. Well, do you think they're also assuming you are Scarpetta? Do you think they see you when they see Scarpetta? If they had been my lab partner in chemistry in college, <laughs> they would know I am not Scarpetta. <laughs> right? right. I, see, I caught the lab on fire. And I dropped, did that, too. And I, yes, the Bunsen burner right. wasn't behaving that day, so I put something on it. It was not a good idea. Not a little, a just good. a little pinch of hydrochloric acid yeah. on the Bunsen burner. <laughs> That's yeah, chemistry by way of uh, a young Patricia Yeah, and Cornwell. those chemicals will catch fire, too. It's, but I was yeah. an English major. I'm not a scientist. Right. And I think that's the joy of being an English lover in general is you can write yourself into being whoever you want to be. Oh, listen. <laughs> you don't have to go study right. those things. It's like we're vicariously enjoying the experience that we would never actually have. In fact, I'm always a little disappointed when I'm a movie or a book or whatever, when it's going to be something that I could actually do. It's sort of like, hmm. Yeah, you know, you know like you I, I don't you always mind, but the thing that I love about all of those experiences being allowed to go to a place or a time that I would never go to. The Titanic movie, not maybe the best made movie in the whole world, but 
I got to be on the Titanic or I got pretty close. Yeah. Listen, I think that was a brilliant movie because we already knew how it was going to end. We yeah. watched it anyway. Yeah, so. that's absolutely. By the million. For the reasons that you're describing because right. he was able to recreate that shit. It was astonishing. That was mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. But, okay, listen, we're going to tell you something. So the last time you were on the show, we talked about your work on the Jack the Ripper case and we had some strange experiences at the studio this week Uh-oh. that we think might be tied well, into some sort of... It surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jackie yeah. boys out there. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that and the new K. Scarpetta book, Depraved Heart, when we come back here on The Dinner Party Show with Patricia Cornwell. <gasps> Wait. I'm never... Oh, first she said what? Oh, dear me. Hey, I'm Jonelle Sams, and aside from being the host of Live from Poison Creek and the relationship columnist for thedinnerpartyshow.com, I am also an avid murder mystery fan. So... When I found out that Eric Shaw Quinn had written a new murder mystery called Right Murder, I was excited. And then I found out it was the first in a new murder mystery series. Well, I near about got the vapors. So then I read it. Well, I'll tell you what. It is not what I was expecting. Oh, it's a murder mystery, all right. There's plenty of murder, most foul, every time you turn around. But it is also gossipy. (laughs) Eric has lived in Los Angeles for a really, really long time, and it shows. Right Murder is chock full of enough behind-the-scenes Hollywood dish to make the tabloids blush. And funny, well, that Eric. Right Murder is about a certain has-been blonde bombshell. No, not that one. And the ghostwriter that she's done wrong. (laughs) No, not him. Sounds familiar? Anyway, they used to be best friends until she did him dirty. Well, now the fat's in the fire, and like it or not, they have to work together to find the killer and clear their names so that they can go back to being the kind of Hollywood trash that would shock Jackie Collins. I'm telling you, this right murder, I'm enjoying it so much, I may have to ask for forgiveness, but I'm going to finish it first. (laughs) Right Murder is available for purchase in your favorite formats through thedinnerpartyshow.com and at amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, and iBooks. I am telling you, get your copy today. Right Murder. Fame is murder. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Her Masters in Mercenaries series is one of the most successful in erotic romance, and she's also an indie publishing pioneer. As Right Murder Madness continues here on The Dinner Party Show, New York Times bestselling author Lexi Blake joins us this Sunday, November 1st, to talk romance, writing, and to share her experience extensive experience in self-publishing. We'll also have a special surprise appearance from one of the experts she uses to bring her books to market. That's this Sunday, November 1st, right here on The Dinner Party Show. The Dinner Party Show, a new live cast, begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at thedinnerpartyshow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen. 
You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our guest is the amazing, the wonderful Patricia Cornwell. Oh my God, I'm blushing, but thank you. The gracious and charming and generous Patricia Cornwell. Just landed her helicopter in the parking lot of our building. Well, listen, you're worth traveling for, and I will will always fly from great distances to be on your show. Especially when you have cookies and sandwiches and, I mean, you guys really do it right. We Those do it. are it's a dinner party. Eric Shaw Quinn's homemade. Quite, you are quite the um, you're, you're quite the act here. Yeah, he makes those cookies at home. This is his special. Yeah, those were baked today. Shortbread cookies. I yes. carry them from the oven to the office just for you. Yeah. Okay. So we teased this in the last segment, but I want to bring it up oh, again. Oh yeah. We you have done a lot of work on the Jack the Ripper case. You have you have someone pegged, and there's a, a mountain yes. of evidence that this guy did it. And you have said previously that sometimes it feels like the spirit world is sort of preventing mm-hmm. things. We had that experience this week at the studio. It was the weirdest series. Well, the gremlins were in the studio. It was this strange series of kind of perfect storm of electrical okay. events. Yeah. Like yep. A switch went out here that blew out a... a, a uh, a load capacitor, a battery pack, essentially for our equipment, for the computers, and it kept shutting down the entire computer system. We would come, we'd get it all fixed back up, and we'd come back in, and the computers would all be off. And it was, and and the the, the problem was we were focused on a breaker that had an abnormal amount of wear and tear in it. Right. Like it, sh- it, nobody's been moving this breaker at all since we moved into the studio. But it was so worn, it kept coming loose. It was the 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 part that held it in place had slowly the metal fatigue on it had mm-hmm. slowly worn away, so it wouldn't stay in place. But it, we installed it brand new three years ago, and literally, yeah. other than turning the studio on, no one has ever flipped the switch since. Yeah. So the metal has become fatigued, as though there's been lots of wear That's on weird. the switch. And we were like, is but this the ghost of Sickert? Like, like somebody's yeah. fl- flipping yeah. it up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because... Somebody's you know. worn it out, and there's no... No one has used it. Yeah. Well, I can only tell you that that I have had lots of really weird experiences with the Jack the Ripper stuff. And what? so have people around me, and I'm very grateful that they did, or people would think I was crazy. But these were witness things where, for example, a very common thing is electrical disturbances. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started working on, when I was decided to go ahead and start doing the rewrite, which was in September, literally um, three years ago. It was the fall of 2012. And I was sitting at I you know, have my big computer on the desk, and then I have a laptop, which is what I use for the internet searches. Uh-huh. And it's like something put I'm, – I'm just starting this. Something puts its finger on the keyboard, and I'm just watching all these letters going by. You know, and it's like um, I'm not even touching my computer. Mm-hmm. And I used to have stuff like that happen all the time when I was working with him, and I was living in a brand-new house where no one had ever lived before, and I could hear – doors opening and shutting and th- walking mm. on the floorboards and I say Walter are you coming or going <laughs> because you're not going to scare me leave me alone right I'm uh-huh. writing the book Walter um, you know yeah. but no we've everybody tells the same stories yeah. everyone who's been involved in this case with me has had very strange experiences wow. uh-huh. and I do believe that life is an energy force that's yes. neither created nor destroyed so if you really think that's a law of physics that right? the spirit of Jack the Ripper or anybody else is completely gone. I beg to differ. Right. Mm-hmm. And I certainly don't think he's gone. Yeah. I think he might live in my house now. I just haven't figured out where. I'm going to charge him rent, damn it. I know, right? <laughs> Send him a bill. And I don't hide the knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you think that that kind of energy force can do anything beyond sort of trickstery stuff? Or do you think there's actual real danger in that kind of spirit? 
I'm more afraid of of the living people. Yeah, that, me but, too. But no you know kidding. what? I think that's your wheelhouse. I, I have a feeling <laughs> that when one of these spirits enters your domain, it does very bad things to people. Well, it does, but it is. It comes down to what it can make actual people do. That's I. That is, I think, the scariest thing of all. I, I agree with you. I think other people are scarier than any monster, any demon, any ghost we that can ever book, create. But that's the yeah. thing. You don't Heaven's know that rise. these things aren't making somebody do something or influencing them. I know. I mean, you I just think don't that know. Sometimes with the crazy stuff, like somebody gets up one morning and goes and shoots everybody at a school, and I think. Well, they're getting the idea from other stuff. I was mean, that, we, or were they? they guided by? Like, was there some? There well, was a Denzel Washington did a film where a. a Demon kept oh, investing yes, himself yeah. in a series of people, and they would commit these horrible crimes, and then like the demon once, would <laughs> move on. <laughs> right. and, and and you did with Heaven's Rise, yeah, where the guy it, could, the could criminal could mind. put himself yeah. into other people's. That's one of the most terrifying things I've ever yeah, read. Absolutely. Not oh, to mention I, it, the snake at it, the beginning. It's, it's like when you've been really drunk, and someone tells you what you did later, and you're watching. I know. It. <laughs> I know. That's to me the no, most but terrifying I mean, thing. And yeah. actually, no, seriously though, I mean, the idea of if someone shows you a video of you doing something horrible to someone you love. Like mm-hmm. in your book, that is like awful. It's the worst yeah. thing I can think awful, of. Awful. Just it kind of is. Just yeah. I'm so sorry. The <laughs> idea on you, Christopher. Shame. <laughs> the, but I'm still. It's the snake. The snake yeah, the was snake. the big there problem. Was the snake that scene, scene in the first of that book where the snake gets and loose again, and the that, car but that's uh, and in the water. The car's going down mm-hmm. and there's a snake in the water. And, like, ah! and it's a human who did that. It's a human. Who Spoiler put the snake. It gets back to our theme that I think humans are the most terrifying animal. But it also gets back to what we were saying earlier that you write about what you fear because. And we fear snakes, and we all feel fear stuff like that. That's sure. why we read all those crazy things on the internet, like someone who goes to the toilet and there's a snake in the toilet. Oh hole. yeah, because aren't we all afraid of that? Absolutely, absolutely. We should be. All right, so depraved heart. What's in there that you're well, afraid of? Well, there is of? no snake in the toilet. No snake in the toilet. toilet. All right, um, good. Well, I have this one scene, and in, in that it's again playing around with the whole notion of what makes you frightened. And and early on in the book, Scarpetta's at a death scene. She has an emergency. She has to leave. The house is all sealed up. The body's removed. But she's got to come back and finish looking at certain things. You know, it's a a dead house. There's nobody there. The person's Uh dead. And there's all these antique clocks in the house. And when she comes back with Marino and it's pouring rain, it's this horrible summer storm, and they're lashing the trees and they're getting ready to re-enter this house where this person's been murdered in the foyer. Um, when she opens the door, you hear this. <coughs> all the clocks are ticking and they weren't earlier. Whoa. And, and, and that's the sort of thing that to me as a child would scare the right? pants off of yeah. you. Because yeah. you go, because why? Are the clocks wound when they weren't when I was right, here two right, hours ago? Right. Who did this? Who's here? Right. It's what you said. Is there someone in this house? Right. Yeah. And it does seem like maybe someone is that she's. And so what you're doing is while she's working on stuff and looking at blood spatter and taking her notes and photographs, and then she keeps going, Marino, because she hears a door slamming somewhere, and it's not him. And and you want to go get out of there? Are you crazy? Right. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't because she's not afraid. She just is busy working. But those are the fun things. That's not forensic at all, but that's right. human nature. Right. And, of yeah. course, you're going to find there is an explanation for it because I have to have that. It's not a right. paranormal book. But all these creepy things that seem supernatural, there's an explanation for them. But what it's supposed to do is exactly what we're talking about. The reader's supposed to go, oh, my God. I'm scared. Yeah. What is she doing there? Get right. out, get out, get out. Right. And the, the, Berm- good. the Bermuda Triangle is involved in this book. Well, it is. And it's also involved in a metaphorical way because this house that I'm talking about where there's this 
where these weird noises are going right. on, it's also like a Bermuda Triangle in that people seem to vanish from it. Wow. And somebody does vanish from it, like right in front of her eyes, and then she's got to feel what on earth is going on here. Wow. Very cool. So, I love I love it when there's that back and forth where it's like, is this supernatural or is there going to be a real explanation? Those kinds of mysteries, I think, because I think that's how a lot of us experience. Like all this week with the electrical stuff in the office, it's been, this is so strange that it's supernatural. What, then, what are we not seeing? What is not available to our naked eye that, that would help us to understand this? I think that's the feeling that, right. that people go through with these types and of experiences. finding like, an explanation, again, is like getting an explanation of the supernatural experience that you've had. Of like, oh, good. Well, Good, you know, but you know what? Once you can understand it, it's less terrifying. But there's some things we never understand, never. We, and we've all experienced them. I mean, I have too, where you go, I cannot figure out how this is possible. Mm-hmm. Like something in nature that just it doesn't make any sense. And you know, of course, that becomes the clouds or Jesus and all the stuff you see right. all over the place. But really, truly, there are things that seem to defy the laws of physics, and you can't figure out why something's happening that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big respecter of it. I don't have to always know the answer. I'm just glad that something's asking the question. Excellent. You know? Well, thanks to you and Case Carpetta, yeah. at least sometimes we don't have to live that way. We don't have to live in <laughs> ignorance because they figure it out for us. We get an actual solution. Um, we want to let people know you're doing an event here in Los Angeles with Jamie Lee Curtis in a few days. That's going to be amazing. Do you know her? Are, are you well friends? Or is this we, the first We meeting? have come to be friends. I met her. I love her. I've met her a couple times she over the years. Great. She's awesome. She is a tour. She is absolutely a force of nature. She's really <laughs> smart. Uh-huh. She's very strong. Um, she's 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 formidable. Yeah. I and, love who she's grown up to be. I mean, I liked her as a young woman, but she is really a remarkable woman. In she's her own absolutely life. remarkable, and she's very, very bright. Uh-huh. Very. Um, when you listen to her talk and all this stuff, it's like, wow, who is this really smart person? We yeah. sometimes just, you know, we're, we're not used to that because we don't get to know these people when they're just thinking normal thoughts. And right. She's very articulate, very well versed in things going on in the world. How excellent. did you guys come to be doing the the interview together? Was it somebody well, else put it together? At first, or was it I met idea? her many years ago when we were both on Good Morning America, and when I heard she was on the show, uh-huh. I said, "Oh, please, can I just say hi?" Because I've right. always just loved her. Yeah. And we said hello, and I actually gave her a book, and she wrote me a letter, which really impressed me because who does that? Right. right. Classic. And people. then I met her again a year ago and we spent some time together talking and Stacy and I have gotten to be friends with her and her husband and um he's a riot yeah he's a riot he's what a talented man uh-huh. and so I just said to her when we we're going to do this theater event I wrote her a note and said I'm sure you can't but if you could you'd be my number one choice to interview me on stage and she wrote back and said she would that's fantastic that's great that's wonderful so, when that works out like that that's wonderful you know, and we well so but it's yes, I'm very honored. So the Booker at Good Morning America. Yeah, we have the Booker at Good Morning America to thank for Well, your you know the fun thing Lee about Curtis. it, and of course I always say fingers crossed because people can get the flu or right. who knows Things what. Happen. But what would be really amazing about this is it would be the first time an actor of that magnitude has read for Scarpetta. So it's like I will hear Scarpetta's voice for the first time. Oh, is she actually going to read from your she's, book as she's well? Gonna, if, she's supposed to read the first chapter. Oh, that's fantastic. And so it will open. Oh, and I have, And so I think I'm going to be overwhelmed to hear someone of that caliber reading right. her Excellent. voice. Absolutely. And that's, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. We didn't realize that. That's really, that's great. Oh, well, y'all, that'll be a sellout. Yeah, It absolutely. will be an unbelievable bonus for me. As, and if, you know, 
I would just love to hear that. I mean, people don't realize I've never heard Scarpetta speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because there's yeah. been no movie or so far. I mean, we're still working on it, but because I've never seen a television show or a movie based on my books, I have not seen her and I have not heard her. Yeah. And so that's I don't. Really that's gonna. I might get very emotional about this. Yeah. At night, that's gonna be incredible. I wonder if. if as you go forward with the writing, you will continue to hear it as her well, as you're writing could a happen, future K-books. Scarpetta's going to all of a sudden be six feet tall, and <laughs> and she has a perfect body, and she, you know, and she runs around with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a spy movie right. or something. Like, Wait a minute, your movie. DNA's gotten confused, her woman. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, we could stay here all day with you, but I know your helicopter's being gassed up in the parking <laughs> right? lot. Patricia Cornwell, thank you for coming back on The Dinner Party this Show. I hope Hope you'll fun. come back. I hope you'll bring Stacy. Yes. That would be great. We're going to do that. We would love to have Thank you both. You. It's a great honor as always. Uh, Depraved Heart is on sale October 27th. It will also be on sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com. It's probably available for pre-order at thedinnerpartyshow.com right now as well. And uh, we will have you back sometime soon. Well, Wonderful. next week we'll be joined by New York Times bestselling author Lexi Blake, a good friend of the Dinner Party Excellent, show. yes, and rescuer of Right Murder Mysteries. I think she'll have a lot to say about what she said to you about indie pubbing your own novel. And I think Absolutely. that's going to be an exciting conversation. could not have done it without uh, she and Kim, who will also be Absolutely. joining I her. wonder if we can get Kim to step in front of a microphone. We are going to have to try. We'll She's see. pretty amazing. Excellent. Until then, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks. I'd be to a marvelous party.